Happy Sabbath. It's good to be with you all this morning. Thank you for that children's story. I had a neighbor that, uh, when I was in high school, and they had a, they had a skunk. They didn't de-skunk it. <laughs> no. And uh, she said, at first, they said it was the cutest thing, you know, because they got it when it was real small. But they're like, yeah, anytime we drop our trash bag, it sprays. And I'm thinking to myself, why do you keep it or de-skunk it, you know? I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. I've even met people who like the smell of skunk. I'm just like, there's something wrong with your nasal gland or whatever it is. But man, there's a lot of stuff going on in our world, isn't there? A lot of stuff that can discourage us. There's a lot of uh, pain, suffering, um, lies, uh, truth, just all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff in this world. And it's, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to live here anymore. I'm tired of the craziness. I'm tired of it, you know. And it's, it's, it's scary to, to, to think, you know, what if I catch COVID? What if my loved ones catch this COVID? You know, what if, what if something happens on the road? You know, I'm, I'm driving home or when is the violence going to come and reach our place? You know, and it's just, we live in a world of uncertainty. We live in a world of uncertainty. And here in the book of, in, uh, the book of Luke chapter 18... Sorry, Charles, I'm going to have to give you something to aim at. <laughs> Luke chapter 18, verse 1. I believe that this is uh, words that Christ spoke to the disciples then, but also words that apply to our lives today. It says, And He spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now, There was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he could not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect? who cry out day and night to Him, though He bears long with them, I tell you that He will avenge them speedily. But here is a question. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will He really find faith on the earth? Did you catch that? So, this woman has lost her husband. She's coming to the judge to to request that he please do justice for her. It seems like maybe her husband was murdered or something and the bad guys are still out there and she's saying to him, help me, the bad guys are still out there. I no longer have a man to take care of me. And she kept coming to the judge over and over and over. says that this judge was not God-fearing, but he says, you know what, I'm just so tired of this woman. I'm just going to do something. I don't believe in God. I don't care about man. I'm the ultimate authority, but I'm tired of her. I'm going to do what she says. I'm going to go get this bad guy because I'm tired of listening to her coming to me every single day. Okay? Aren't you glad that most of our judges aren't this way? I am. I'm This guy, not one I would have voted for. (laughs) So finally, this man does justice. And then it says, won't God do the same thing for His children? But the, there's, a, there's a difference that God is or that Jesus is trying to get them to understand. Here is an unjust, unjust God, I'm sorry, an unjust judge who doesn't fear God, who finally says, I will do what she wants because I'm tired of her. But then Jesus says, 
Won't God, a God of love and justice and compassion, avenge His children speedily? And in other words, if this man who is evil will listen, the God in heaven who loves you will listen even quicker. Y'all remember when y'all were parents and, you're, and you first had your first child? That child, I'm hard of hearing, but I could hear my boys. As soon as they let out the first little whimper or something, I was up and sprinting, and and I were stumbling upon each other to see what the child needed. Why? It's not some supernatural thing. I, I literally, my right ear is just a little bit more worn out than my left ear, and I have my, my thoughts and ideas of why. But even when I was a child, I was hard of hearing. But yet, when my child cried, I was listening for them because I wanted to comfort them. Won't the God in heaven do the same thing for us? But then Jesus asked a question. This is a question. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will He really find faith on the earth? So what is Jesus comparing this faith to? The constant pleading, the praying. The requesting of justice, Lord, save me, Lord, save me, Lord, save me. Or will God's people just give up? See, the problem that we have in the world is that we have something I call spiritual ADD. We have spiritual ADD. Yes, when things get bad, oh Lord, I need you, I need you, I need you. As soon as things get better, ah, much better. Now I can go on about my daily life. Don't we do this? I don't know, all of us here have been through school, even if it was high school, college, elementary, we've all been through some sort of schooling, right? Maybe you weren't my way, but the way I worked, oh man, we have a test today? <laughs> Notice the tone, I didn't even realize I was having a test. We have a test today? Oh Lord. <laughs> Father, I need a miracle. I don't know what the teacher said. I don't even know what subject we're really covering. May the bubbles I circle, may they be the right ones. Do a miracle and transform them to go according to what I'm saying. We do that. As soon as things get good in society, oh man, God has delivered us. Okay, let's go on about our life. We have that. We have some other things too. As soon as we see something on Facebook, as soon as we see something on the media, we get right there. Constantly. On Facebook, is the most aggravating thing. All kinds of stuff coming our way. What the president is doing, what the COVID is doing. We have found a, a miracle cure. We need to get shots that are going to have a microchip in us. We're going to have this. We're going to close down churches. All this stuff. Oh, well, some people are kneeling. Some people are not kneeling. Are we going to have football? Are we going to have basketball? What's going to happen? Is the economy going to crash? Are we going to get a stimulus check? Are we not going to get a second stimulus check? Have you guys heard any of this? Yeah. All the time. But my question is, as God's people, what are we doing? What are we doing? Or are we like the child, set myself as an example, that knows the test is going to happen, but guess what? Is the child paying attention? Is the child doing his homework? Is he studying diligently? No, they should be, but they're not, right? You guys remember, it's a, it's a cartoon made by, by, by Disney, about the little grasshopper who's playing his fiddle. And he is having such a good time. And I, I can hear the tune, and I don't remember what he's saying, but here are the little ants, and they're all working. Y'all remember this cartoon? 
And they're all working and they're all just hustling and getting their vegetables, getting their fruit and putting it into their, into their nest, which is this tree. And this little ant falls and falls in the mud because it's trying to carry like a tomato or something like that. And the grasshopper laughs at him. He's like, oh, stop worrying. Nothing's going to happen. And then he says, the good book says, God provides. This is what the little grasshopper says. All right? Then the ant says, we're not going to listen to you. We're going to get to work. They're all continuing to work. Winter comes, everything is snowed in. There's no more food. This grasshopper is dying. When should that grasshopper have been preparing for the winter time? In the good times, right? In the good times. But even now, as, as, as God's people, and I say God's people, I include myself in there, we get so distracted by the news of this world as if we didn't know that these things were going to happen. We get distracted. As God's people, as I believe in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we are probably the most educated denomination in the events of the last days. And yet we act surprised when these things happen. Should we act surprised? No. Because we know they're going to happen, right? So what should we actually be doing then? I'm sorry? Preparing. So when we say preparing, what does that, what does that look like? Because for some people, preparing means, well, I'm just going to shut myself in, forget the rest of them. For other people, it says, when, I say, when they say preparing, they mean, I'm preparing by sharing the good news with everyone that I encounter. There's a difference. How do we prepare as God's people in the last, these last days? How are we preparing? Now, I know the way to my house, you know, from Paris, Cooper, or Mount Pleasant, because I pastored here. Okay? Do I still need to put it in my GPS? No. It's a waste of data. Because I know the way, right? But what if I did? Wouldn't that be a little bit strange? What if, I don't have my phone on me, but what if after this, I get in my car and put my address in and hit go? And I'm constantly looking at it. Now mind you, I've been doing this for you know, years, and I know, the, I know the way back home, but I'm looking at my phone, and I'm constantly looking at that. Is that healthy? How do car accidents happen nowadays? Because you're either on your phone, well, you're on your phone because you're either texting or you're constantly looking at your phone or you're changing the next song or something like that. We're distracted by that. At the same time, God's people, we get so distracted by the things that we already know are going to happen and we zone in on that rather than, hey, you know what? Right up here, I don't need to look at my phone anymore because I know the way. Right up here, I'm going to be taking a right. I'm going to be going for about 10 miles or something like that. I know my way back home and that's all I do. So I keep my eyes where? I keep my eyes on the road. It's the same thing. We must keep our eyes on the task at hand. As God's people, we understand that there's going to be what in the last days? Please name them off. Pestilences? What else? Wars and rumors of wars? Yes. This is the love of many will grow cold. There's famine, there's wars, there's pestilences, there's all kinds of stuff. We know this, right? And yet, what do we do so many times? What do we do? We stay stuck there. We stay stuck there. Rather than doing something about it. Oh man, well shoot, this means Jesus, Jesus is coming soon. I'm going to go and share with my neighbor. I'm going to go and give hope to someone. Because that is what Christ has called us to do. To be faithful. To continue to plead. To continue to share. Okay? 
So it's, it's, it's interesting because um, I was never diagnosed with ADD. You know, I'd, my mom was like, no, you're not going to go to the doctor. You sit still and you pay attention. It didn't work very well for me, okay? I, ne- I didn't have that determination. I, I just, I could start daydreaming without even knowing that I was daydreaming. Do you guys ever have that problem? I, I would literally start reading, because I was like, I'm bound and determined. I'm going to do good in this class. I'm going to read my chapter, The History of Texas. And I, just like that, I'm off in my own little world. And it's, it's, it's hard. Huh. How can I make my shoes more comfortable? Would a four-speed be more fun to drive? Or a five-speed? That would be fun. But, but there's road noise. All kind, that's what my brain did. It would, I didn't, and then I get to the end of the chapter. What did I even read? I'll do it again. And I started again. And this time I was like, okay. Paragraph one. Blah, 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 blah. Paragraph two. Huh. What can I have for lunch today? I'm kind of hungry. It's the most frustrating thing. We laugh now, but now you have to study for a test and pay attention. It is the most frustrating thing. We do this in our lives. Rather than sharing the word of Jesus, rather than coming to Him, like it says here, faithfully and pleading and being constant in our walk with Him, what do we do? Oh, man, these Democrats. Man, these Republicans. Man, this, this new law. And we stay focused on that. Now, I'm not saying not to be aware. We must be aware of God's people. As God's people, we must be aware of the things that are happening. But we cannot stay stuck in those things. We have a task at hand. You know, I love my brother. He's in Scotland with his wife and his four kids. And, you know, he's pastoring out there. And keep him in your prayers. It's a difficult, difficult territory to, to, to witness. Okay? The heart's of the people are very cold. But, my brother, he works hard. Okay, I remember when we'd go on mission trips and something, and he'd be out there, and we're all trying to, you know, boys get together in high school, and they're digging a trench, and they're like, well, let's see who can dig the fastest. Let's see who can scoop the most dirt, you know, with one shovel full. And that's what boys did. We just, and it's, I don't know, it's just a boy thing. But man, you could get my brother, you'd start talking to him, and he's done working. Start leaning on that poor shovel. I had a teacher in high school, okay? And this teacher, he was a good teacher, he was a coach, and he taught history. The guy is new. And I, I was always quiet, because I was always daydreaming, but I was always quiet, and the teacher was about to do an assignment, or we were about to have a final, or about to have a test, and the guys already knew. Hey coach, how do you think the Cowboys are going to do this year? He could be in the middle of handing out the exam, and he would pause. Well, I think they got a good chance. And then they just carry on the conversation. By the end of class, I was supposed to give you guys a test. I'm so sorry, guys. And I'm looking like, what just happened? This happened all the time. All the time. We get distracted. I love that class. <laughs> we get distracted so easily. When our assignment is easy. The assignment isn't complicated. The assignment that Christ left us is not complicated. It isn't to dig a hole across the earth or to plant trees all over the earth. 
The assignment that Christ left us isn't to build bridges across continents. I'm talking about physical, concrete bridges. The task that Christ left us is to find those who are hurting, to find those who are lost, to find those who need hope, and introduce them to the love of Jesus Christ. That's it. Our job as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, is to further the kingdom of God, to grow the kingdom of God. That's it. There are so, and this is time. This is the time. You, you find so many people on the street with no hope. There are so many people in the world right now who are hurting, who are afraid. They need the love of Jesus. They're open to it now more than ever. Because they're thinking to themselves, even, even the atheist is thinking to himself, I don't want this world to continue like this. Nobody wants this world to continue the way it is. What if, what if the, who's next in the COVID thing? You know, I've had some friends that have, had, that have gotten the, the coronavirus. And praise God, they've made it through. But not everybody's making it through. And we think to ourselves, oh man, this is bad. Jesus is going to come soon. I don't think we are seeing anything yet. But the problem is, a lot of us are going to go back home and what? Do research. Rather than going home and praying for our neighbor, rather than going and knocking on doors, rather than going and sharing the love of Jesus with others. Please don't misunderstand me. I am not saying we should not be aware of the things of the world. We should be aware. But there's a difference to be aware of them and to dwell on them. Like I said, I get distracted. I remember one time I was driving and somehow I dropped my CD on the floorboard. Okay, I'm driving and it's a four-speed. I'm driving through the center of Cleburne, Texas. I'm like, well, shoot, I dropped my CD. And I'm going down here. I'm sure the truckers are probably looking like that truck's driving itself. I am down here. I'm not kidding you. It must have been four or five seconds. Shoot, did I kick it under the seat? Where'd it go? Is it under the mat? Oh man, I forgot I'm driving. (laughs) Anna loves my driving. (laughs) If we go to the book of John, John chapter 1. This is the problem I'm about to show you right now. When we have taken our eyes off of God, when we have taken our eyes off what's really important, when we have taken our eyes off the task that is at hand, this is what happens. John chapter 1, verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. This is the grace of God. But as many as did receive Him, to them He gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is John, and he's speaking about the birth of Jesus Christ. The world was primed for the birth of Jesus Christ. But the problem was that God's people, the nation of Judah, guess what they were doing? These stinking Romans, we're so tired of them. We want them gone. They were so distracted with that, that they had stopped searching for the Messiah. So it says, those who did search for Him, who were they? The shepherds, the magi, 
the people who were actually hungering and wanting more, they were actually thirsty for the love of God. While God's people were nowhere to be found. The thing that scares me the most is that I don't want this story to repeat itself. I don't want this story to repeat itself. As Christians, as Seventh-day Adventists, my question is this, are we so distracted by the things going on in the world that we have stopped pleading to God to return soon? Have we? I pray that we haven't. I pray that we continue to beg and pray and ask God to return. But not just that, that He continues to bless us, that we grow the kingdom of heaven, that we further it. And every single time, we see it in, in the book of Genesis in chapter 7. I'm not, we're not going to go to it right now, but Genesis chapter 7. How many people entered the ark? Just eight. Just eight. Noah and his family. Now, to some of us, we may say that was a failure. No, I believe it was a success. It might not have been the success that, that Noah wanted, but it was a, a success because at least his kids walked in. But he preached and he preached and, his pre- and he preached. The people were so focused on making fun of Noah's boat that they didn't even see the miracles that were happening. They, were, they missed the fact, or actually they, once they saw the animals walking in, uh, patriarchs and prophets says, when they saw the animals walking in without being led by human hand, then they realized, okay, the world is going to be destroyed. But guess what? They had hardened their hearts because they were so busy mocking him no, it's never rained before. Why are you building this boat on this plane? They're, you're crazy. Nothing's going to happen. They hardened their hearts because they were so busy distracted with something that wasn't important. We cannot harden our hearts. Then we go to the book of Genesis in chapter 19. It says that this is the story of when the angels came to, to Lot. They came to, to, to save Lot and his family. But even Lot, even God's chosen people, God had mercy on Lot because it says that Lot was not ready to move. He was afraid. He was petrified. It says that the angels actually had to grab him and his family and take him out. I don't blame Lot. He was afraid. He was petrified. Again, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah missed it. They didn't have an excuse because you guys remember a few chapters back when Cato Leomer overtook the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? Who did they encounter? Who rescued them? Abraham, the faithful man of God. So they encountered Abraham, and they're thinking to themselves, how in the world is Abraham with 300 guys that aren't even warriors? They're not generals and sergeants and lieutenants. They don't have tanks. They're just shepherds. How is it possible that these guys could overtake a king that overtook a couple of cities? And they understood Abraham worships the one true God. But they missed it. Over and over and over, it shows where people get distracted by the things of this world because they have spiritual ADD and they miss the big event. When Jesus was born, they missed the big event. At the crucifixion, there was people who missed what was happening. The chosen people, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the ones who were supposed to be keeping their eyes on the Word of God, so that they could see what's going on spiritually, they had taken their eyes off of the Lamb of God. Not even realizing that on um, the Feast of Passover, the actual, literal, physical Lamb of God was going to be slain. They missed it. I pray that we don't do the same thing. 
I pray that we don't do the same thing. And it's hard. I remember when I got to seminary, I was bound and determined. I was bound and determined. I will not fail my classes anymore. And it was hard. Because I could be reading, I could be writing, I could be typing what the teacher was literally saying. I'm off in La La Land. No clue what the heck was going on in class. It was hard. But I had to determine myself, okay, I have to learn this stuff. And I had to literally listen to what the teacher was saying, type it all out, and okay, I was doing something I had never done before. What does this mean? In other words, I'm analyzing. Before I was like, okay, yes, type what he's saying, the teacher's saying this. I had to start challenging my brain and thinking in a different process. What does this mean? I'll ask him later. Oh, I have to ask a question. I don't want to ask questions. I would go up and ask the teacher questions after class. When I would read a book, I would write it out. Okay, I would highlight this. Okay, I think this is important. I would write it out. Okay, this is what I think this chapter is saying. Then I would type it out. Type out my own notes. I was not used to this. It was a challenge for me to stop daydreaming. And I remember one time, Dr. Canale, I took the class Revelation, Inspiration, and Hermeneutics from him. I actually had to use a dictionary just to find out what the chapter or what his book meant. And I'm taking this class and I'm showing up to study groups and everything. And I'm taking my notes with the study groups. And I'm like, I'm going to do well on this test. I got an F. And I'm come up to the teacher afterwards like, man, I was like, hey, uh, Dr. Canale, I think you made a mistake on my test. I was like, what'd you get? I think it was like a 46 or 47. And uh, he, he was like, explain this to me. So I was like, okay. So I don't even remember what the question was. So I explained to him what he just asked me. He says, yeah, that's why you failed the test. I was like, well, what? explain it to me. So then he explained it to me. I was like, what? I don't remember any of this in my reading. It was complicated stuff. Because my brain was not trained to think that way. I had to break a mold. I had to break my pattern of studying. Eventually, praise the Lord, I think I started getting C's in his classes. <laughs> but it didn't matter. I passed. It is hard for us who have been raised, you know, second, third, fourth generation Adventists to break the pattern that we have had of, yes, I know the Bible. And that's a pattern. I study it. Where we need to break it is, now I need to share it. That mold is hard. I know, I know Daniel Revelation. I know the spirit of prophecy. I know the 28 fundamental beliefs. And that's what I think I need to be doing. This is it. Now we need to share it. Because we know that the things of this world are not going to get any better. I don't believe we have seen anything yet. And it terrifies me. It terrifies me. To know that my children are going to grow up in this world, it's a scary thing. How do we stop it then? How does it stop? When the people of God, when the children of God say, I will continue to plead, but in my pleading, I will go and share the message of Jesus Christ with others. There are so many people out there who are hurting. The other day, uh, after work, I went to... uh, I went to Atwoods, and I was looking for, for a part for a saddle, and they didn't have anything. The lady says, well, you know, if, if you don't mind, I, I'm, I'm selling some of my horse tack. 
And um, I said, well, oh, okay. And I said, well, wh- why are you selling it? You know, she looked young to, you know, she looked young enough to still continue to write and everything. She's like, well, I was just, you know, I have cancer and I'm trying to raise money to, you know, to, for my treatments and stuff. I didn't know what to say. I was like, man, this is a little awkward. Oh, okay. And then God was like, say something. Don't just say, okay, this woman's dying. I said, well, ma'am, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be praying for you. She says, thank you. That's what I need. I need that more than anything. I was like, well, okay. I said, well, thank you, ma'am. She talked to me a little bit, and then, then I left. I went to Mount Vernon, and I was at the Dollar General, right in front of Brookshire's. And I don't remember what I had to do in there. I went, and you know, I'm paying it for it and stuff, and I'm trying to get in the car so I can go back home. And the guy asked me, well, hey, how are you doing today? And what's a common response? I'm doing good. How are you? But do you really want to know how they're doing? Come on, let's be honest. I'm doing good. How are you? Thank you. Have a good day. He says, well, I'm not doing very good. What? Okay, what do I do now? (laughs) Man, what's going on? And I felt like Jonah a little bit. And then he said, man, I've been just... It's been horrible these last few months. And I'm just having a hard time. He's like, I'm beginning to do a little bit better. And I, so I said to him, well, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I, I'll be praying for you. I hope you don't mind. He's like, man, that's, I've been trying to go back to church. I need it. I need it. And I'm like, man, Lord. Now, understand, this whole conversation, I'm giving you the, the summarized version. This whole conversation is taking over a period of about five minutes. And nobody's in line at a Dollar General. It's called the divine appointment. There are people in this world who need to know that Jesus is coming soon. But if I'm telling them, hey, don't let them give you that shot. It's got a chip in it. What's that person going to do? They're going to go hide under their beds because they're terrified. But if I go and tell them, this world is going to fall apart, but guess what? Jesus is coming soon and He's going to take you home. Which one do you think they would rather have? Fear under their bed? Or hope in a soon coming Savior. We must stop focusing and spending our energies on all of the negative things of this world. Because guess what? They're not going to stop. We know they're going to happen. And focus our energy on furthering the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That's it. That is the task that we are left with. We must plead to the Lord. Lord, come soon. But keep me on fire. And Lord, may I take as many people with me. May I further the kingdom of heaven. May I find those who are hurting. May I find those who are lost. And share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. That is our task. Nothing else. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you so much. Lord, for this, the hope we have in Jesus. Lord, He didn't have to come to this world. He didn't have to die. He didn't have to resurrect. But He did because He loves us. Lord, may we have that same love for our neighbor. May we go out, Lord, and, and just set those divine appointments up, Lord, that the Holy Spirit may use us, Lord, to share good news and hope with those who are hurting, those who are lost, those who are suffering in this world. May Your people... May we stand up 
and proclaim the good news, Lord, in this world filled with a bunch of bad news. In this world of darkness, Lord, may we be the light. May we be the light on a hill, Lord, sharing with people that this world isn't it, that there's more to life than this. Lord, we thank you, but it's only because of Jesus. There's no other reason why. There's no other hope. Only Jesus Christ. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.